This episode is brought to you by MyBookie.com. Guys, MyBookie.com, it is, seriously, it's so much fun. Um, It is gambling. So, if you have any sort of problem with, like, addiction or anything like that, play responsibly. Always play responsibly, no matter what. But it is gambling. So, like, uh, what yesterday was the big fight, UFC Brooklyn. And in UFC Brooklyn, I put that cheddar down on, um, I, so... I vote. I bet for T.J. Dillashaw. I also bet for Cowboy Cerrone. I those two were my two big ones that I actually kind of cared about because one I I bet with my emotions and not really what I knew technically to um to bet on. But I'm it worked and it didn't. That's freaking betting, right? So in T.J. Dillashaw's case, and we're gonna as soon as the episode starts, I'm gonna recap that that fight. Um, but well, all the fights from last night. But like TJ Dillashaw, I thought for sure he was going to beat Henry Cejudo. I put the money on him, even though Cejudo was the favorite, or Cejudo was the underdog, so it makes more sense to put money on the underdog, because then the cleanup is better. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I said that, kind of like Jerry Seinfeld and kind of like Bill Burr, but um, yeah, the payoff is better. When you vote on the underdog and it freaking comes through, it works out. But I was like, screw this. Dillashaw's going to beat him. I'd rather put 10 on it and win 12 than put 10 on Cejudo and lose. So, bah, bad one. I was more afraid of losing than I wanted to win. Um, and then with Cowboy Cerrone, I had a good feeling from looking at everything throughout the entire fight week. I was like, I think Cerrone's going to fucking stomp Alexander the Great Hernandez out. And then he has to change that stupid, stupid nickname. It's dumb. Uh, and he's a dumb guy for having it, but came through. Cowboy played, paid through. So I put twenty down. Excuse me, I put twenty dollars down on Cowboy Cerrone, and I won it. So therefore, I got. I was betting twenty to win thirty, so I got my twenty back, and then made thirty. I walked out of there with fifty dollars to play. So I turned around, put that on. Right now, the NFC Championship is going on. And I put it on the underdog, the New England fucking Patriots, because I said, this is the playoffs. It's Tom Brady. It's Belichick. They're going to win it. And they were doing great. I was like, oh, this is where betting the underdog comes through because I put 50 on it to win 80 something. So it, it, it would have been a good cleanup. Overall, with getting my money back and stuff, I would be making like 115 if they would have won. But... Right before I walked in to uh, do this episode of the podcast, I look and um, the Patriots punted it and it looked like Edelman had touched it or someone that's short and white that looks like Edelman um, and they touched the ball and the fucking Kansas City Chief took the ball back for a touchdown. It was 17 to 7 or something and that pretty much fucking tied it up. Um, close to tying it up. Whatever it was, whatever the score was, Kansas City's now winning in like four minutes to the fourth quarter. But hey, that's betting. Um, and for mybookie.com, you can, well, every episode that you are listening to right now, whether it be audio, video, video, or anything else, right now you'll have a link um, below. You guys can click right to it. Makes it way, way easier than um, just swipe up. On it, or look down below if you can physically hear me or see me. Look down below, and there's a link. You go there, you set up an account. Minimum deposits forty five dollars, but 
if you do deposit $100, they match that $100, um, was to my understanding. So if you put $100 in there, you then to have $200 to play with. Um, and yeah, so and then you just go through and you, you pick whatever game or whatever match you want to bet on. It's really easy. And um, if you don't really know betting lines, just Google it. It's pretty easy. But like straight bets are the way to go when you're first learning how to gamble and then you get into parlays and all that kind of stuff after. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's honestly, again, you play responsibly. Don't play with money you don't have. But like if you luckily I work with these guys so I had a pretty good credit that was already in there for them so I start I'm playing with money that I'm not actually risking but you could get the same feeling as like when you win and you're like oh man and you keep going I understand that itch to be like all right I'm gonna deposit 20 bucks and see what happens and again when it works out it's freaking great but when you lose you pay so remember that um but it's a ton of fun ton of fun um right now i think i lost again so i would have lost all the winnings that i had from last night but uh that's all right you don't bet money you don't have play for fun but play to win be smart mybookie.com check it out What's up, guys, and welcome back to this episode of the Road to Redemption podcast. So happy to be here. Um, so grateful that you guys that are diehard and are actually listening to the full things, you guys just checked out our first sponsored ad, mybookie.com. Thank you guys so much um, for believing in me and believing in this uh, show. It means the world. Um, what? So since we were already talking about sports for the people that are listening, and if you don't want to hear the sports, you guys have already suffered through five minutes of an ad, so you guys can expect that. Um, not five minutes. I'm just kidding. It's not going to be that long. But you guys can k- typically get the platform of the show. I'll read off the ad, so that way now we can get straight to the entertainment. And like right now, I have sports talk. So if you don't want to listen, I'll probably be going 10 or 15 minutes on sports real quick because I'm going to recap the fights from last night. Uh, UFC Brooklyn. Let me take a drink. Like I said, um, I put, I bet um, with my bookie, I put, I had had a pretty good credit to go towards. I think I had like 50 bucks altogether. Um, So I put, 20 on Donald Cerrone to beat Alexander Hernandez. And I put 25 for Dillashaw to beat Cejudo, even though Cejudo was the underdog. Uh, Cerrone was the underdog in his fight. And then there was one other guy, um, and I'm sure people are like, see, man, this is why you think you're cool, because you talk about the UFC, because you've, you fight MMA like, well, you don't even fight. You train MMA, so you think you're some kind of UFC fighter now. And you don't even know... The guy that's on, like, the super undercard. You're a poser, bro. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Just give me a fucking second. Um, I'll look the guy's name up. But I, his name was even hard to pronounce. Let me see. What was the one I put? I didn't get to see any of the early, early prelims. 
this guy. Uh, so I bet on Vinic- Vinicius Moreira to beat Alonzo uh, Minifield. So, yeah, those are two. I, I think I've heard of Alonzo before, but I was watching... I was watching that one pretty close. That Alonzo dude fucked him up. Well, and then when I started watching the fight, I was like, this is going to go really well for me because I picked this guy. But honestly, I picked him because it was a Brazilian versus an American. And they're heavyweights, right? Light heavyweights. And I was like, that Brazilian dude's going to be in better shape than that American is. And his jiu is going to be way better. I'm, I'm going with the Brazilian. Plus, that's where the money was. So I think I put five bucks on that, but that was the biggest win out. It was like put five down, could have won fifty or some crazy shit like that. It was it was a big deficit. Uh, so I but I lost that one quick. Alonzo kicked the shit out of him, and then after that I went to Cerrone Alexander um, Hernandez. Cerrone kicked the shit out of him. Oh my God, Donald Cerrone came in with full force. You can tell that this is actually a different Donald Cerrone. You can see it in his face. He's not the same guy. He's focused. He's He realized that he was holding him back. He's just not going to say that because he enjoys the cowboy persona, but he understands that he was holding him back and all the good things that have always been there about Donald, Donald Cowboy fucking Cerrone are coming to be. He's going to be a champion. He's going to be a champion. Um, that dude is a dad on a fucking mission. That Donald motherfucking Cowboy Cerrone. That was the fu- um, So that fight put Donald Cerrone in like a ton of record books. He's got like the most wins in UFC history. Uh, he's got the most fights in UFC history. And now because of last night's fight, he also has the most performance bonuses in UFC history. He made ten grand in performance bonuses alone, or maybe a hundred grand, a hundred grand on performance bonuses alone because he got fight of the night and uh, what else? Fight of the night and like I think fighter of the night or something like that. Yeah, he got. Um, oh no, no, no! He got fight of the night and he got a finishing bonus, so he got a hundred thousand dollars that he walked away with. And again, as a, a dad who's doing shit for his dad or for his kids. Dude, I'm, I'm a Cerrone fan, as you guys can't tell, as I sat here and cast his ass for the last five minutes. Um, and then what, Paige Van Zant, Paige Van Zant against Rachel Ostovich. That was a that was a good one. I really didn't know what way that was going to go. Paige looked confident. She looked improved. I'll definitely say that. Rachel Van Zant, with everything that she went through, um, with you know her husband and her got in a domestic assault and he caved in her orbital bone, which is like your eye socket bone. Um, domestic abuse case, you know she got kids. It's that was tough, man. I, I knew that she was gonna battle coming back, and she looked really strong in the beginning. But God bless, Paige Van Zant just looked looked better. She looked, um, she looked ready. Paige looked like she was out to prove some shit. And did it. It was a grappling match essentially the entire time. And Paige, just everything. As soon as I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This has always been the the hole in her ground game. As soon as you thought that was about to happen, Paige would flip it around. And she was controlling the octagon. And she was getting in and out of out of submission attempts. It was She looked good. Uh, Rachel Ostovich definitely looked. Um, and I could be pronouncing that name wrong. She looked like she had some other shit on her mind, maybe. She didn't look terrible. 
forth at this situation, but I think you could tell she wasn't uh, she wasn't at full fight mode. So that, that one was unfortunate. And then I fell asleep. Um, last night was the first night that I actually got to stay the night with my three-year-old daughter, and we were sleeping in the hotel. So I was trying to be quiet while I was listening to the fights, and I fell asleep. Greg Hardy, I heard his announcement, um, and I heard that it was by disqualification. Then I went back uh, this morning and watched that clip. Yeah, man, can't fucking do that. Um, I I just believe, honestly, that Greg Hardy is like one of the un- most unlucky dudes in the world. Now, Greg Hardy's done some things that are fucking terrible. Don't get me wrong. He had a domestic assault against his wife or his ex-wife. Now I'm guessing. Um, yes, he was proven to have beat on his wife. And I think that's terrible. And I've done podcasts about people like that in the past. But... I, I saw a guy during fight week that legitimately did something wrong and was trying to man up for it. You know, he lost his entire career as an NFL football player because of it. He was shunned from the world, and then he went into the sport where people that people go into when their life is at rock bottom. He went into fucking fighting, um, and he you know tried to build himself back up, kind of under a new. It was almost like his alter ego, like hey. That's the Greg Hardy that beat my wife that played football. I fight. I'm a UFC fighter kind of thing. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm into second chances. I, I would completely understand if his wife isn't. Um, he kind of leaned into the curve. He said, hey, I got to get this aggression out. Now I'm a fighter. And it sounded like he was doing good. Sounded like he was doing good. Uh, he dealt with drama all week because of Rachel Ostevich um, having the issues with her husband. A lot of people believed that he should not be on the same card as her. Rachel said, I don't care. I believe, you know, people, second chances, whatever, let him fight. So he fight. He fought last night. Bad ending. From what I understand, he was beating the shit out of the guy the whole time. And um, he had taken the guy down. And the guy wasn't really putting his hand up. And I don't know the guy's name. Um, I don't know who he was fighting. I don't remember. Big big country-looking white dude. Um, guy was down on the ground. He wasn't putting his hand up to like protect his face or anything. And Greg Hardy kneed him right in the face. Disqualified. Can't do that. Um, you, you can't knee somebody in the head while they're defenseless. So it's one of those things. And then TJ Dillashaw, Henry Cejudo, that fight lasted 47 seconds with one of the worst calls I've ever seen in MMA history that guy um, that ref had no business to stop that fight TJ Dillashaw was literally I think it was Cejudo shot on Dillashaw uh, got him down Dillashaw was like trying to get up he was trying to recover from the sprawl and the only thing he was struggling with was the fact that he like had a grown person on his back so he's like trying to get up but he kind of can't and the and Cejudo's punching him in the head, but Dillashaw's still trying to stand up. He's still showing that he's fighting, and the refs comes in and stops it. It makes no sense. But again, 47, seven, 47 seconds. Uh, they gave it to Cejudo. I I don't like Cejudo. I can't. I don't. Any guy, any grown fucking man who's gonna talk about yourself in the third person, dude, go fuck yourself. I I think he's the cockiest fucking thing. And like, yeah, I get it. You're a, you're a Olympic uh, wrestling champion. 
now you're a UFC champion. Like, but he's he's always talking to stuff like I do the most masculine things a person can do. Henry Cejudo is stronger than ever. It's like, dude, you sound like fucking Trump. Henry Cejudo is the greatest thing to ever hit the UFC octagon. And I said it last year, and I'll say it again this Saturday night when I beat uh, TJ Bozo Dillashaw. That was a terrible Trump impression. But that was it nonetheless. That was it nonetheless. Um, Yeah, it sounds like some shit he would do. He's like, Henry Cejudo is stronger than he's ever been. And on Saturday night, Henry Cejudo will reign victorious. You're like, God damn, dude. Is this the MMA or is this the WWE goes to the White House? Like, what the fuck? He's just a, t- I think he's an egotistical fucking dick. But it went down. They're going to do a rematch. I think Donald Cowboy Cerrone is going to get that fight with Conor McGregor. Um, I think that they'll probably do that fight somewhere around March or April. If I had to put my stamp on a guess right now, I would say that get that. I think if they can get it around St. Patrick's Day, they will. But I think without St. Patrick's Day, um, I think it goes into April if they're really not too concerned with getting it on, you know, Ireland, St. Patrick's Day, Conor McGregor. They would love that. Cowboy Cerrone. They're just fucking dogs of fighters who just want to seriously brawl. That would be perfect if they'd get it on St. Patrick's Day. But I think it goes maybe till early to mid-April, and then we'll see um, Conor McGregor, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So, that is the fights. Um, as far as football, I'm pretty sure I'm losing in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Patriots lost to Kansas City. But let's get some real-life uh, New England Patriots. Let's take a look. 24-28, Kansas City. There's one minute left in the fourth quarter, and the Patriots have the ball. So, hey, we'll check in at the end. Um, I know the the Rams upset the Saints earlier today, and that sucks. I, I wanted Drew Brees to get one. Get one for the Gippa, but he didn't get it done. Uh, oh, well, all that fucking – you see, you guys see that where um, their coach came in to practice one day and he had two bodyguards on each side of him, like $250,000 or $25,000. I think that's whatever the player bonus is for winning the Super Bowl. And uh, what else was – oh, he had the Lombardi Trophy. And he walks into the practice room. And he goes, you guys want this stuff? Win three more games. And walks back out. It was like, damn! Like, I got hyped up. And I don't even play for the team. Um, I wanted them to win. I liked that. I really enjoyed that, um, that he did. So that was a good one. And again, I think Drew Brees is a good guy. I think he deserves to get one, but he didn't. So it's always next year. Unless you retire, then um, yeah, then stick it out until you win one. Oh, I think he has one. But anyway, done with sports. So for the, the people out there, 20 minutes in, sorry, between, um, between the ad, the music, and sports, 20 minutes. I don't think that's that bad. Moving on. Moving on, um, I was gonna do some ranting. We got really deep the last couple, right? We've been we've been down down some rabbit holes of subconscious thinking and healthy thinking and not talking to yourself like you're a piece of trash. We've had some good ones. Let's lighten it up. Um, Cam wants to do a little ranting. 
You guys want to hear about crazy shit that happened in my week in the way that my head works? Here we go. Um, first things first. One thing I was thinking. I, I, I see all this stuff on Instagram. Instagram mainly because that's where I spend a lot of my time. But in movies, entertainment, YouTube videos that I watch, all kinds of stuff. Everyone's talking about how, whoa, what are you going to do? Uh, what? Well, God bless my mind's not going to work at all now. But it was like, they're pretty much saying like, it's a weird thing for guys to be the little spoon when the, when a man and a woman are cuddling. It's not a, you're not a guy if you, if you like to be the little spoon sometimes. Guys, we be spooning. We, we be spooning and guess what? Dad likes to be the little spoon sometimes. When when you're sleeping as a man, as a grown fucking man, if you're laying in bed with your wife and you've had a tough day and and whatever, if you're not telling me that the best thing in the world is not getting your back scratched and then being the little spoon for a minute, you're lying to yourself. Well, you don't have true love in your life because that is the best. I'm not saying that you're... Seven days out of the week, it's your norm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you keep it short and every so often to keep it special, but it's there. Guys, we be spooning. And you like to be the little spoon too, and you fucking know it. Stop with all this toxic masculinity and all this bother bullshit. Because we be spooning. And I don't want to hear shit else about it. Um, So that was one. That was kind of a, a silly one, but in all reality, I had one that did kind of piss me off. So as you guys know, I have an intoxilock in my car because I had DUIs from a few years ago, and I've been going through the process ever since. Um, but I was supposed to get my intoxilock out of my car in December. I, I'm not going to bore you with the details of it, but I literally did not get a stamp put on my physical license so you have to have the stamp and the intoxilock congruent for 12 months. I didn't have that. I only had the intoxilock and I didn't go get the stamp. I didn't know I had to get it. Fucking whatever. So I have my intoxilock for another year. So I'll be sober for three years by the time that all this shit is said and done. Um, and I had to go down. So this time... When after I found out that the mistake was made and I didn't get the little stamp, I've been working since December like 14th to get this fucking stamp on my license. And I've had to run down to Indiana twice and back. I work seven days a week. I'm usually the only one in my office. Like, I have a lot of shit that's keeping me from getting this done. But I go down there every fucking day and I, I do what they ask, and I try to do it within a 45-minute window so that way I'm not late to work, but I'm trying to get this thing done. I'm trying to do the next right thing, but every time I go in there, people are fucking with me. So, like, every time I go in, it's always something else that they need, but even though on the driver's license application, it puts verified documentation needed, the guy fucking initials it. After he tells me the next piece of paper that I have to go home and get because I don't have the right one. So, guy says, you need to get this and then you have the proper documentation required. Signs the fucking application. Then, the next day, after I get the paper that he wants, even though my insurance company told me that they can't fax it to him and I can't physically get an email with it, 
I don't know how else to print it out and get it to you. That's what the fucking insurance place said, is that they can't email it to me, but the person at the place, at the DMV, says you can mail it to them, or you can email it to them. They're not communicating with each other. So I didn't bring a piece of paper. So I come back on Tuesday. I brought the paper. He said, other than that, you're verified. This fucking bitch goes, you can't do that because you didn't bring your waiver that I'm looking at on the computer screen. You didn't physically bring it with you that says that no matter what your glasses are on your face or not, you cannot pass our fucking eye exam. I have something up with my eye. I don't know what it is. Something to where if I cover it, I can see this can. I, I can tell that there is words on it. I can't make them out. I, I can't read it because on this can, let me uncover, I can see the Y and the M. I can see that there's an outline there. And I can see that there's an outline there. All of this is non-existent. I don't see it when I do this and look at it. But with this, as they tell me, and if you guys aren't listening, my bad eye is my right, my good eye is my left. If you can't, if, if you want a visualization, you should be subscribed to the YouTube channel. So if I cover my left eye and only see out of my right, that's what I get. But I can see that there's a camera in front of me. If someone was to walk in the room, I could see that. If I open this eye, I can see everything, read everything from close and far away. And I can do it as, as well as anyone could that could read a letter on a graph. It just so happens that it, you, there's nothing you can do about it. Anyway, so that's the pr now they need this fucking paper. And also, they're pissy at me because I can't take their fucking eye test. Don't know why, but they don't like it. So I go back and get that done. All the while, I have to be down in Indiana on Friday to do my first overnight with my daughter. So I have like two days to get it done until I'm going to drive. Oh, yeah. Also, the application or my restricted driver's license, temporary one, you have 10 days to do all this shit. And I was on day like 11, hoping to God that they wouldn't look at the fucking temporary date of when it was issued. They just knew that you have 10 days to get down there and do it. So I was technically driving on a suspended fucking license. Still having to get back and forth to work. About to have to go down to Indiana on a fucking restricted license, even though I've been down there every day of the week to get this fucking thing done. And they're just fucking with me. Try not to say the word fuck again. Um, anyway, I go in. Friday afternoon, I tried to go Friday morning, and I couldn't because, again, they, I forgot to bring my fucking glasses. They want to see the glasses. They have to see you try before they'll even accept the waiver, apparently. So I didn't bring my fucking glasses. So I had to go home, get those, try to go back on my lunch break. Friday afternoon, when I leave for Indiana, Friday fucking night, I get my license fixed. It's together, it's good, it's whatever. I'm driving legally down to Indiana. Here's what really pissed me off, though. It's not the way, it's not, no. 
It's not that they kept telling me different shit or they would give me half of what I needed only to tell me later that I didn't have exactly what they needed. They would tell me and leave shit out. It was like each step of the way. It wasn't that. It was how they say it. What I fucking hate, and I'm finding this out about myself, what I hate is customer service people who are don't give a shit and they go, ah, ooh, ooh, sir, ah, man, ooh, man, yeah, sir, that's, ooh, sorry, you, you have to do this. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you have to do this? I have the paper here that your fucking guy over there signed saying that I have everything. You see that, and yet you're telling me that I have all those things, but I don't have everything I need. How? And how, oh, I've done this how many? Four times now? Oh, okay. And then, yeah, and then you have the balls in all of that to be like, ah, ooh, ugh, sir, ah, uh. like you're saying you're going to be pissed, but here it comes. You're not going to like this at all, but here it comes because of some amendment that was made some, of course, today you have to now have this as well. That's how this is all working. So again, customer service people, I know what your boss is telling you. I know what, if you work in, especially like a call center or even waiting tables when you have to constantly fucking apologize to people, that's why I don't do customer service anymore. But if you work in a job like that, if they if you have news to tell someone because your company's you know that the company is about to fuck this person just tell them don't do the ah sir ooh ah sir oh my gosh oh man i i don't know yeah don't do that to people the ah ooh ooh i don't know sorry because guess what now they just want to choke you before Everything else happened. I was never upset with the person standing in front of me because I understood that they were doing at the time what they felt was right for their job. But now, when you, ah, ooh, ah, sir, uh, uh, you're fucking with me. You're fucking with me. And I don't like that. I'm, I'm probably nuts with that kind of shit, but I don't like it. Tell me, sir. Hey, man, this is the way it is. Look, they they just today, today, I have the paper I can show you. Today, they made this amendment that's pretty much going to infuriate you. It's going to make you want to dive headfirst through a double pane window onto a taxi. That's what you're going to want to do when I tell you this, but it's only the exact circumstance that you have you have to have this too. Even I know you never heard it. Dude, this thing's fucking you. I didn't do it. You have to. Dude, you got to come back. Of course your license is suspended. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's how the, That's how this thing works. That's how life works. You see where I work? I work at the fucking DMV. The, it, this shit happens all the time here. Go get it and come back. Stop whining. Go. If you do that, I'm cool. Ain't mad at you. But, ah, ooh, ugh, sir, oh, man, sir, ah, oh. you're fucking with me. Don't do that. 
Um, that that was my biggest rant of all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what that was. I had a I had kind of a stand up bit that I was going to try out on you guys, but I'll wait. If if you guys want to hear my potential, um, I'm I'm trying to write a little bit for stand up. So if you guys want to hear those bits, I'll try to slide them in. Um, but you know, it's something that I think is funny and I want to try to work out, but you guys let me know listeners. If you want to hear that shit, let me know. Look at that. Um, look at that. We, uh, I knocked that one out. UFC, the fights, uh, by the way, congratulations to Manny Pacquiao. He beat, uh, Arian Burner, um, or Adrian Burner. And so that freed up a lot of space. I don't know what that one means. So that means we're going to get right into current events. I feel like on the YouTube video that's been staring at like my eyebrow and the brim of my hat while I fucked with my phone for the last 15 minutes. And guys, that's really the dynamic that I bring as a podcaster. I'll make you feel like you're at home with your siblings when you see nothing but them playing with their phone and you catch their eyebrow. And if they have a forward brimmed hat, you catch the brim. You get you get you get the side of someone's face anymore because even while we're recording a show, you can't stay off your fucking phone. I'm writing my notes for my phone for the show, actually. Anyway, uh boy oh boy, have I rambled enough. Maybe maybe we don't smoke the C B D before we do the podcast anymore. Um Current events. YouTube. This is where something fancy should be popping up. Current events. Jeff Bezos. We talked about it the other day. Jeff Bezos um, is getting divorced from his wife. But guess what? Jeff Bezos is still a fucking guy. And he got caught. He was messaging um, his side piece, I guess. He had a mistress. And somehow somebody found out about the mistress exactly during the time that they're getting a divorce and now Jeff Bezos is going to lose half of his shit. So even though at the time of the separation, Mr. and Mrs. Bezos were both seeing other people and everyone knew about it. Apparently Jeff Bezos is still going to lose half of his net worth because he didn't sign a prenup when they got married because he was broke as fuck and he didn't need one. And his wife, who's an author, and I, I guess, you know, technically owns half of Amazon, is walking off with, what, $37 billion? Jeff Bezos, dude, like, you sent your junk on the internet, and you own the internet, Jeff Bezos, the same one who listens into people's calls, so you can put things that I say on the recommended list when i get on to amazon.com you motherfucker are sending your junk electronically jeff bezos be better be better good night um youtube says it's cracking down on pranks which thank god how long were we gonna take on this one when we had people running around acting like they were clowns smashing shit that appeared to be people's heads when we allowed that for a while i I was like this is gonna get someone fucking killed but these people are doing it so for views 
But this is going to clearly get someone killed. When we used to have to watch, not when we had to watch, when we used to watch Jackass, you knew what it was because they said it in the beginning, these are trained professionals. This is dumb as shit. Don't do this at home. You don't have to do that on fucking YouTube because if you did, then people would know that you're full of shit. So these people dressing up like clowns, running around with machetes, fucking chasing people. And no professionals, no crew or set being set up. It's his fucking buddy crouched down in the corner recording him with an iPhone. Biggest platform in the world, YouTube. And we're not going to make that one a no-no. Well, guess what, guys? It's 2019. We can almost clone humans and we're eating shit straight out of a cow. Organic as shit. Greens and juices and health. 2019. And guess what? You can't put shit like that on the internet anymore. Huh. Man, what a time to be alive. What a fucking time to be alive. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, they're really cracking down. This one, I'll make it easy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go nuts with it. I, I was listening. You guys can timestamp this and you can verify it. I was listening to Mac Miller's um, album before the beginning of this podcast. I was listening to his uh, song called "Once the Use" off the Swimming album, and. It was because I found out today was his 20, or yesterday, would have been Mac Miller's 27th birthday. Uh, Mac Miller died a couple months back of a fentanyl overdose, and he was my age. So if he would have been 27 on the 19th of this month, he's almost exactly a month older than me. My birthday is February 15th. His is January 19th. So he's, he's almost exactly... Almost exactly a month older than me. Um, yeah, and it's his birthday. So rest in peace, Mac Miller. Brother, we love you. Miss you like crazy. Uh, that's why I, I wanted to get into your vibe today. I, I, I definitely feel like you you would watch over a show like this and, and help me out. And, you know, things have been going great with it. So I, I believe that a, a soul like yours who, who expressed himself the way that I try to express myself. Um, you just used music, man. It was, you were a beautiful, beautiful human being, and, and we miss you dearly. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Um, so bring it all the way down with that one. Probably should have saved that one for the last. Um, Chris Pratt got engaged to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Chris Pratt, good on you. You were um, easily, I would say easily, married to one of the most annoying human beings on, on the planet, being Anna Ferris. I'm sure Anna Ferris is a plenty of nice person, but I listened to her, her podcast a few times and I would have rather taken a um, a side a hard sidekick from a strong ass mule. I, I would rather take a hard sidekick from a strong ass mule than listen to Anna Ferris and her fucking problems uh, on her podcast because she's about the most annoying fucking person you ever listen to. Is she's almost unbearable. She is unbearable. I I get why Chris Pratt would not want to be with her. Unless that's a persona that she only puts on on her podcast, which I don't think so because I watched a shitty TV show called Mom a few episodes, and that's fucking god-awful too for similar reasons. 
Chris Pratt, I fucking get it, dude, because Anna Ferris is one of the most annoying human beings I think I've ever, um, ever graced, ever, ever had a chance to witness her express her art. Um, Gillette, you guys are all fucking mad at Gillette, even though, um, you're still gonna pay tickets at Gillette Stadium to go watch the Patriots play, because of course they're gonna win, because Gillette's paying you a boatload of money, and you're gonna keep buying those tickets, but you're gonna be pissed off at Gillette, the Razor Company, same company, who, um, they made a, a toxic masculinity commercial. They were saying, guys, be better. As men, be the best man that you can be. Don't fucking beat your wife. Let's let's play. Let's play the whole clip, fucking shall we? Because I need a, a little bit of re... Re, um... What you call it? I, I have to see it again because I might have... I might have actually just... I might be being a complete dick. And I watch it now and I'll be like, oh, hey, yeah, that was not right. You you can't shit like that. So let's see. Let's go to it. Guys, you really should. This is where, because especially when I'm Googling stuff, this is where it helps to actually watch the show. Because then you can kind of experience it with us. All right. Toxic masculinity with Me Too Edge. But I want the real fucking thing. I want the real thing. I don't want to watch someone's review of the shit. Toxic masculinity. Oh, criminy. This is going to be interesting. No, just play the fucking commercial. Okay, so there I can see it. So men are running. Men are running from the idea of toxic masculinity. From the quick thing that I saw. Fucking really. I don't understand how now I just can't find this. It's all anybody's talk about that's uh, that they've been talking about forever. Toxic masculinity. Fucking original. Good night. Why are we doing this? You would think that Gillette, if they're so fucking proud of it. There. The best a man can be. And Gillette did post it. I was about to talk shit. Like, if you're so fucking proud of it, post it on your own. YouTube, they did. So again, these boys are now running away from the idea of toxic masculinity. Boys are running all over the place. These, They're showing guys grabbing girls' asses, rap videos, men making inappropriate comments as actors, men being inappropriate in a boardroom. Boys will be boys when two young boys are fighting on the ground. Bunch of news ads about guys sexually harassing. You guys can't hear this shit, but you will. Okay. Let's, let's go through it. So again, guys, it's saying, guys, don't be dicks. Don't do the shit that you're already, most of us aren't fucking doing. So, again, if it makes people feel better that they made a fucking commercial reminding you not to be a piece of shit, all right. But guess what? They're not teaching guys lessons. There's nobody that's watching a Gillette commercial and being like, huh, 
Motherfucker, you know what? Gillette's right. I was gonna walk down to the local Kroger and grab the next woman I see's ass. I was gonna. But now, Gillette, eh, you fucking, you know, you nicked me the other day, but fuck, dude, I'll listen. You know what? You make a point. You're right. I'm tired of everyone complaining about it. I don't want to be a part of the problem anymore. I'm really going to change my fucking life. Thank you, Gillette. Never going to happen. Not going to. So, again, it's not terrible that Gillette decides to make this commercial in a time when people are really bringing a lot of awareness to this. Hey, we're going to get some fans. We understand that most women steal their man's razor anyway. That might be backwards because I, I think women's razors are actually um, easier. They're a little easier on the skin, but also they're double the price. So there you go. Toxic masculinity. It's the same fucking razor, but the pink one is way more expensive. Makes no fucking sense. But you're worried about toxic masculinity. Um, Yeah, I don't think it was that big of a deal. I really don't. I mean, it's again, it's not like they were saying you directly, Mr. Person who's watching this at this address, you're a toxic piece of shit. They're saying, hey, man, don't fucking grab women when they don't give you permission to. Don't try to rape them. Don't put things in their drink that aren't supposed to be in there that wasn't what they ordered. And don't put your fucking hands on people. I don't think that's a terrible message. Sorry, but I just don't. Um, and guess what? I use Dollar Shave Club anyway, so suck it. Um, studies show we aren't having enough babies to repopulate the earth. That's just a fact. It's just a fact. Um, I don't know why I put that one down. There was a influencer, um, social media influencer, for kind of, if you guys listened to the advertisement before, you guys will hear that... Um, what I think about being a social media influencer, scammed her followers out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Her name is Kaylee Donaldson. She's a social media blogger. And uh, she she was giving advice on something. She, she released her course. It, I guess it did okay. I don't remember what it was, but I remember I think it was ridiculous. Um, she's, a, she's a person to be coached by. She set these events. She said, hey, I'm going to be selling out a theater in this city, this city, this city, this city, this city. Tons of Metropolitans. Charged like 127 bucks, 128 bucks a ticket. And then she didn't fucking show up to the things. There was no event. There was no nothing. She scammed them. She got them. And then when, when confronted by all of her, you know, loyal followers who she's just completely taken advantage of. She said, oh, um, logistically, I couldn't figure the shit out. So I sold tickets to it, and I acted like it was a go, but I couldn't even get the venue rented. I couldn't get any of this shit done, even though I charged you the money and I put a price as if I had put all this already together, and this is what it would cost for me to break even and then get to my overhead, as I said earlier in the podcast, not a CEO. Don't listen to me. But she didn't think it through. She was a young girl with a fucking dream to be successful on her own. She sold it out, realized she was way in over her head. I, I'm sure at the heart of things, she probably legitimately is a good person and just not good with business yet. And this popularity thing kind of came on very fast. Um, but yeah, man, you fucked people out of money. Uh, so 
I think the only thing to do is refund all the money and at least try to save face. You know, be honest. Hey, man, this is what I tried to do. It didn't fucking work. And I, this, these are the mistakes I made. But if you guys keep rocking with me and the reasons that you're here, I, I promise I'll make it up to you. When I, when I actually figure out how to do all this shit and handle all this success, I'm going to fucking make it up to you guys. But... You know, or she could be a piece of shit. She was like, hey, man, I got your 128 bucks and you ain't never going to see it. Um, You know, whatever. Props. Props of the week. Jonah Hill starts jujitsu at the age of 35 years old. Jonah Hill, dude, cool as shit. Cool as shit. People are giving him a bunch of a bunch of stuff. They're saying Jonah's training five to six days a week. Um, He has for the last two months. He got his first stripe on his belt, which he, I don't even have yet. And I've been rolling for longer than two months. Um, but not five, six days a week. So, dude, good on you, Jonah. I'm proud of you, dude. Like, people are talking shit about him. Oh, well, look, he's trying to be tough now. It's like, dude, fuck you. When you realize what, what jiu-jitsu does for somebody and the challenge, the mental challenge you have to get through every single class, whether you have mental issues or not, and Jonah Hill admits to having, like, anxiety and depression and shit, um, jiu-jitsu is a place to really work that kind of shit out. And I... I don't give a fuck to hear people talking about, oh, he's trying to be tough now. No, man, he's figuring himself out. And I guarantee you, every time that he gets on that mat, he proves that he's a better fucking person than the people on Instagram who are talking shit about him. Guarantee he's a stronger man than they are. Because it, it takes a lot to get in a fucking comment thread and talk shit about somebody who's doing one of the most stressful sports a person can do. So, unless he completely faked that picture, dude, Jonah... I'm proud of you, dog. And guys, with that, that's going to be the podcast. The the biggest emotional roller coaster podcast I think we've ever done. This, uh, you know, I think it was a good one. Altogether, we're at 49 minutes, so I'm still under the hour. I there's no real brain busters for you. I'm not I'm not bringing the heat as far as life lessons or anything. And for once, you know, I, I just try to be entertaining. Actually, just be an entertainment podcast where I'm not fucking preaching at you guys. So, with that, I hope you guys enjoy them. Uh, we'll be doing more like this. But now, you guys kind of have a platform to base it off of. I'm going to freestyle talk about um, any ads that I have for the first couple minutes, as you know, as long as I have one. Um, but you can just expect that's kind of what it's going to look like. Ad, then we'll go over any big sports events. And I always try to warn you guys what sports event we're going to talk about. Um, in the one prior. So right now we'll be talking about going forward. We'll be talking about college basketball. And we'll be talking about the Super Bowl when it happens. Let's see who went. Guys, the fucking Patriots came back and won. 37-31 to 31 in overtime. Your boy came through. MyBookie.MotherfuckingCom Woo! <laughs> Alright, guys. Check them out in the link below. And with that, that's going to be the end of the podcast. Love you.